What is going on, everybody? Here in the 10,000 Pitches studio, a.k.a. my basement. And uh, here to break down yet another Minnesota United win. Their second straight win, second straight time getting out early, and second straight win by multiple goals. Make it really easy on us watching at home. 2-0, the final from Allianz Field, Minnesota United over Houston Dynamo. My name is Jeremy Rushing, here to break it down on Post Loons, presented by Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as you're trickling into the stream, whether you're watching on Twitter or YouTube, um, we'll leave a comment question in the chat. Uh, I would love to respond to those as we get rolling here. Also, feel free to leave a thumbs up on YouTube if you're watching there as well. But yeah, 2-0, the final from Allianz, the Wonderwall, or you know what was there of the Wonderwall at Allianz tonight. Got to sing uh, Wonderwall at home again, and another big one in terms of the table. Coming in. You kind of considered it maybe a must win considering where Houston stands in the table, but more importantly, where you stand in the table for Minnesota. When I say Houston, I mean Houston being dead last um, and Minnesota's success against Houston this season. Now three wins in three matches against the Dynamo this season for Minnesota. Um, so you have to think this is a match where they could get all three points, where they should get all three points. And if they could, that would be huge for their standing in the table. And they did just that with the 2-0 victory. With that win now, Minnesota stands sixth in the Western Conference table, um, just a point behind L.A. and uh, Portland. Um, so the fourth spot is there for the taking. If you uh, finish strong, if you're Minnesota now, Portland plays tonight, LA plays tomorrow. So there could be a little bit more of a buffer or if they drop points, you're right there with the game in hand. If you're Minnesota. So again, as of right now, one game back of the, or excuse me, one point back of the galaxy, one point back of the timbers uh, for the fourth and fifth spots in the West currently in sixth are Minnesota with both of those teams still to play Portland tonight and LA tomorrow. So definitely keep a close eye on those matches, but let's take a closer look at tonight's match with my three things. And again, if you're watching and you have some takeaways, some things, some, uh, you know, uh, main talking points, some comments, some questions, feel free to drop those in the chat. would love to respond to those, but for now I'm going to get to my three things. And the first thing is fast starts equal three points. I mean, it's pretty plain and simple. Um, anytime this team has gotten out to a good start by a good start, I mean, you know, scoring in the first five, six minutes of the match, they have gotten three points in nearly every single one of those matches, if not all of them. And tonight was just an even greater example of that 55 seconds in Robin Lud finds the back of the net. That's a Minnesota United uh, club record, by the way, 55 seconds, fastest goal in Loon's history. And that just sets the tone. We saw it. Last time out against the Galaxy, we saw it earlier on in the season with that super late match against Portland Timbers. Uh, if you can get out to a good start, it just sort of sets the tone. It puts obviously puts the other team on their heels, puts you on the front foot, um, and it, it plays a huge role, obviously. Um, and Minnesota United has been able to do that pretty consistently over these last couple matches, and that's been a you know the fact the the driving factor in coming out with all three points because Houston did not play bad tonight. Houston, although they were the worst team in the league, they were or worst team in the Western Conference. They did come into this match in really good form. They beat Dallas. They beat Austin. Um, so they're they were you know in their best form of the season coming in. 
So, you know, it, was, it wasn't going to be easy for Minnesota United. Definitely was not easy. I thought Houston played particularly well. Dar- Darwin Quintero, I thought, had a pretty good game for um, for Houston. I thought Fafa Pico had a really good game as well. Um, but it was that initial goal that sort of set the tone. And not just the initial goal, but the second goal about 15 minutes later. All of a sudden, 2 nil, 16 minutes in, and Houston had some chances. Probably should have had a goal, to be honest. It probably should not have been a clean sheet. Big thanks to Tyler Miller. Uh, for preserving that but if you can get a fast start obviously that that plays a huge role in whether or not you're going to get three points minnesota united if they can continue to do that they will be in very very good position so that's my first thing second lodnoso now this is still being workshopped this nickname robin load emmanuel reynoso lodnoso um so we're working on it but um they're rapidly becoming one of the best duos in mls I mean, I think we've kind of known that as Minnesota United fans, but there's one thing, like, it's one thing to have, like, the team's really avid fan base understanding that and it being understood league-wide. And I think Robin Lode and Mano Reynoso are starting to get that league-wide recognition as a very dangerous duo and one of the best across the league. Tonight was was no no different. Uh, Lud getting the, the goal right off the bat to put Minnesota United ahead. Uh, Reynoso had a great match. Um, I think you saw, though, Houston sort of um, probably seeing what L.A. did or did not do, more importantly, against Reynoso and saying, we're going to kind of take the route that every other team has done this season. We're going to pressure him. We're going to make life tough for him. We're going to put him on the ground. Um, you know, Houston sort of took that role. So um, Reynoso... Um, didn't, you know, have two goals. He didn't have all the time in the world and the space to work with as he did against LA, but he still played a a pivotal role tonight. Um, and I think those two together, I mean, uh, John Marthaler from the star tribune had an excellent article this week. If you don't subscribe to the star tribune, their Minnesota United coverage with John leading the way is fantastic. So you should definitely go do that. Um, but he had a really great article on, you know, Obviously, we know that Loden Reynoso together, when they're together, they play, you know, they're um, very, very impactful on, on whether or not Minnesota United wins. When they're together, Minnesota United does really well. When they're not on the field together, we've seen what can happen. So, but he he really took a statistical deep dive into what the numbers are in terms of Loden Reynoso being on the field together versus not. And uh, it's a really stark difference. It's probably understood that it's a really stark difference, but when you see the numbers, it's it really it really stands out. So go subscribe, read that article if you could over at the Star Tribune. But I mean, just a, just a, it a, a necessary duo for Minnesota United. Without that duo, uh, it's hard to hard to think where Minnesota United would be. We've seen what they are without those two on the field together. Um, very thankful that they've been on the field these last two matches, and we've seen the results. Um, for my third thing, I couldn't pick one of these two. So I kind of have a 3A and 3B here. My 3A, pretty simple. Tyler freaking Miller. My goodness, standing on his head for Minnesota United tonight. Three or four really quality saves. Another two or three that were more or less easy for him. But just a great night for Miller. A great night for the save percentage. A great night for the goals against average. He has been fantastic all season long. One of the best keepers in the Western Conference, if not the entire league. And tonight was Exhibit A. Just an excellent performance from Tyler. Uh, preserve, and he was the reason that that clean sheet was preserved. Without his performance and goal tonight, 
Houston gets one, maybe even two goals. But who knows? Without Tyler Miller's performance, maybe we're talking about a 2-2 draw here. You never know. So really, really crucial performance. Man of the match, well-deserved for Tyler Miller. We'll talk more about him as we go further on in the post-game show here. And my 3B is Ozzy is back. And not just the fact that, obviously, he really hasn't been injured. He's been back all season. But he's back in terms of his impact on the field, what he brings in that defensive midfield position. Earlier on in the season, he was coming on late in matches and sort of this late-game sub role, and the plus-minus was not good. It was objectively, he was objectively not great in that role, right? It it just, it didn't look like he had much left, to be quite honest, if I'm being, if I'm being honest. But he's started these last two matches. He started a handful of matches over the last month. And incrementally, we've kind of been seeing him get back into that form, that quality that we've been used to seeing from him, him in the past. Uh, before this stretch, he was making some really nice defensive plays, not necessarily keeping things consistent over 90, but really making some, you know, flashy defensive plays when he needed to. But these last couple matches have really been vintage Ozzy Alonso, like holding down to the, the defensive midfield, really playing a pivotal role in that defense, keeping a clean sheet. Like, this is what we expect to see from this Minnesota United defense. And yeah, a lot of it was on Tyler Miller tonight, but I thought Ozzy Alonso played really well as well. I thought he played well for the second straight match. So if he can keep that up and this back line can keep up the quality that they've shown and Tyler Miller can keep up the quality that he's shown between the posts, this is a Minnesota United team that is going to be an extremely tough out down the stretch and in the playoffs. With the with the asterisk, with the caveat, if they stay healthy. I've I've beat that drum the last, I think, two or three, even after the Kansas City match. I said, if this team is full strength and healthy, they're dangerous. We saw that against LA. We saw that tonight against Houston. That's what's needed. Ozzy Alonso is one of those guys now. If he can stay healthy, that will be huge. So kudos to him for getting himself sort of back in that form. And it's uh, it's paying dividends for Minnesota United. That's for sure. Again, if you have a question or comment, drop it in the chat. Um, we got Dave Stevens chiming in. Thank you so much, Dave. Says, strong performance from Ethan Finley tonight. Given his recent run of solid play, I wonder if it will be hard for Heath to get Adrian Unu back in the starting 11 with Lud, Ray, and Franco back. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Dave. It's really hard to keep your DPs on the bench. Jan Gregush is already riding the bench. He's a DP. To keep two designated players on the bench would almost be unheard of. Two healthy designated players on the bench would be unheard of in the realm of MLS. But, but it may make sense in this scenario. Because this front four is, they've played so well together. Fragapane, Lud, Finley, Reynoso. How do you break that up? You can't. I'm sorry. I understand Unu's a DP, and he may have, in the long term, he may be good for Minnesota United. But right now, he does not fit 
in this starting 11. This is the same conversation we were having before the season, in the preseason, early in the season about Hassani Dotson. Just because he's really good, and I, I believe Adrian Unu is really good. I think he, start, he was starting to get a run of form back. Um, I think long-term he will be good for Minnesota United. Just because a guy is really good does not necessarily mean you need to shoehorn him into a starting 11 if he does not fit in that role. And right now, that is where Adrian Unu doesn't, doesn't fit right now. With the way this front four is playing, there's no way you can break them up. No way you can break them up. Dave Valensky says, I'm really upset that Reynoso acted like a baby when he was taken out. Dave, I'm going to take an opposite standpoint on this. Dave, I, I appreciate you always tuning in. You're always listening to your, your comments. I respect your opinion on this matter, but I am actually going to take the opposite standpoint on this. I love the fire. I like the decision for Heath to take Reynoso out. He was grabbing at his hamstring a couple times. He took that elbow to the back of the head late in the first half. I like the decision. I love the fire from Reynoso. I think that is something that that Kansas City loss to me that that's sort of just like lit something. It, it, it sparked something in this team, some competitive fire that they may have lost along the way. It it really is, I think, more of a positive than a negative. See that see that from Reynoso. I understand the vantage point. That you, he's acting like a baby. He's acting like a prima donna. You got to respect the coach's decision. I understand that. But I also like the fact, like, I want to play. I'm one of the star players on this team. I want to be out in the field. I deserve to be out in the field as long as I, you know, as long as I can, I can go. And in the, in the competitive throws of the match to be pulled in the 52nd minute, to me, if you're a guy who really wants to play and really wants to be out there, you should be pissed off about that. And again, I love the decision from Heath to take take Reynoso out there. But I also really like the fact that Reynoso did not want to come out. And again, it's just words on the sideline. It's in the middle of the match, you know, in the middle of competition. I'm I'm not in the locker room. I'm not an insider. I don't have any of this knowledge, but I have to imagine that the conversation in the locker room after the match was a lot different and maybe a lot more toned down than what we saw on the sideline in the middle of the match. You're, you're in the middle of the competition. You're, you're in the lion's den, so to speak. You're not necessarily going to get you know, a, a, a cool temperature type conversation every single time. Mr. Jody said, maybe a sub for Finley. Uh, when talking about Adrian Unu. Yeah, to me, that, again, this reverts back a lot. This is very, very similar to the Hassani Dotson conversation that we were having in the, early on in the season. How great is it? How how much does it, you know, it, it comforts me a lot as a fan of this team. I'm not just somebody who is here trying to objectively cover this team. I'm I'm a fan of this team. This coverage is totally subjective, just so you guys know. But... Um, it really was nice and it's kind of, kind of provide a lot of comfort as a fan to see like, oh, we have a stud in Hassani Dotson that can come off the bench in any scenario at any time that we can sort of use. We have that Swiss army knife at our disposal, right? Well, how nice is it to have a DP caliber league one caliber striker attacker in Adrian Unu on your bench? 
that you can throw in at any time. If someone gets hurt, yeah, it might kind of suck to see uh, a Robin Lud or a Franco Fragapane come off with a nick late in the season or in the playoffs. But guess what? If Adrian freaking who knew you could throw on the, you could throw on the field, like to me that is just such a huge um, thing to have for depth because. Again, you want to stay completely healthy, but in in the inevitable scenario that you probably don't, he is a such a great guy to have on there that you could throw into the match um, in any scenario, and you know trust that he's a guy who can provide some some serious value, some serious quality to what you're doing. Um, so it looks like guys, because Periscope isn't a thing anymore, so Twitter kind of has their own live streaming platform. They don't use Periscope anymore. Um, it looks like maybe. Uh, comments aren't a thing on this uh, on this Twitter live stream. This is a newer thing, so uh, bear with me, guys. So if you do want to leave a comment, you're gonna go. Ha- you're gonna have to go to our YouTube channel. Um, I don't think we have the URL YouTube.com/10kpitches, but if you just go to YouTube and you search post loons uh, or you search 10,000 pitches, you should be able to find us. So if you're on Twitter and you're trying to leave a comment, maybe you can't, or maybe you're leaving a comment and I'm not seeing it on Twitter. Um, if you want your comment read on the air, please go to our YouTube channel and do that. It seems to be a new, maybe it's a bug, a glitch with uh, with Twitter's new uh, live streaming service. So, um, yeah, drop those in the chat if you could. Uh, but before we get to the game notes, got to shout out our good friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, I say it every week. These guys are freaking awesome. I'm a huge fan of, of Derek and all the guys over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. This is a business that really cares about the Minnesota soccer community. Um, So if you care about the Minnesota soccer community and you want to support businesses who care about the Minnesota soccer community, support our friends at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. And here's what I mean by supporting them. You can obviously stop in 801 South Night Street in Minneapolis. You can compete in pickup matches. They have pickup soccer every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening, 7 o'clock. They have special lunchtime pickup at noon. Every now and then, if you follow them on social media, you can see that they'll even throw in a late night pickup at like nine. If you're into playing pickup soccer and you want to do it in a place, especially now that we're starting to get into the fall and the winter, um, you want to play at a place where you know you'll be able to get it in and, and weather won't be a factor, uh, Ninth Street is your spot to do it. Um, if you're worried about parking in Minneapolis, they have a huge parking lot. Like if that's one thing that you're kind of worried about, because I know going into Minneapolis, especially me living in the suburbs, anytime it's like, oh yeah, we're going to this restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. I'm like, am I going to be able to find parking or, you know, find free parking? Um, No, but Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee has a huge parking lot, by the way. So that's not an issue. Um, So just another plus there. Um, So, you know, participating in pickup, it's $5 for one pickup session, right? So that's a great, easy way to support. Another great way to support is their $35 pickup membership. Now, even if you don't think you will play pickup enough to make it financially worth it, this is still an easy way to support this business. So $35 pickup membership, what does that entail? Unlimited pickup sessions. Doesn't matter if you play once or you play every single session that they have available. $35 for the month. Great way to support what they're doing. Um, So go to NightStreetMPLS.com. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at NightStreetMPLS. N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S.com. I'm sorry, guys. I lost the banner. We have a banner here for Night Street. But uh, I see. Oh, here it is. It was just in a different folder. 
Um, so yeah, you can see here ninth street MPLS.com. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at ninth street MPLS. That's ninth spelled out. Um, and stop by and see them 801 South ninth street in Minneapolis, Derek and the guys at ninth street doing excellent things for the Minnesota soccer community. Very, very proud that they are the title sponsor here on post loons. Uh, got a few other chats to get to before we get to the game notes. Uh, Mr. Jelda said thoughts on if Hayes continues to be the Reynoso sub or maybe Unu sub for 10. That's an interesting scenario. Um, I think Hayes, you know, I think Hayes, there's a reason Hayes has been the choice and I think he will continue to be the choice. I think if you're looking at a new, a new sub, I think it would be a sub that puts him up top, whether it's he comes on for Finley and load goes to the wing and Unu goes up top. You know, whatever it is, or he's you know striker for striker, he's coming on straight for load or whatever. Um, I think that's really the only scenario you're going to see Unu. It would be interesting to see him at the ten, but I just don't think that that's a spot maybe where where you would throw him. Uh, Dave Valensky says, "What do you think we will do if Saint Clair with Saint Clair at the end of the year? Do you try to keep him or do we put him on loan?" Great question. Um, I don't expect Tyler Miller and Dane Saint Clair to be with Minnesota United next season, right? I mean, you have two really good goalkeepers. That's a lot of value that you can get from one of them. I think St. Clair is probably the one that has the most value because he has the highest ceiling. Um, That's nothing against Tyler Miller. Tyler Miller, there's a reason Tyler Miller has been starting, Uh, but St. Clair just has the youth where you don't know what his ceiling is. He has shown brilliance, absolute brilliance. I've heard from sources that he has European clubs looking at him. So I would I would say St. Clair is the one who's who would make the move. Um, and I I don't anticipate that both these guys are going to be here next year. So if that's the case, I I think maybe you see the winter transfer window, Dane St. Clair make a move. Um, again, not that's not a report that you're gonna see him make a move. That's you know based off what I've heard from him being scouted by other leagues in other countries, from him just the quality of play that he's shown. I, I, I think, I think he's the one who makes the move. And um, I think Minnesota United will get a lot of value for that in return. And I think it'll be a, a good move all the way around. Cause I think Tyler Miller has proven he, he probably should be the guy moving forward for Minnesota. Um, any more chats, feel free to drop them in as we get to the game notes here. Um, and we start off with a goal, just like we did last week. It's always great in the game notes when you. The first thing I see is goal M and UFC, and that's what I see here in the first minute. Uh, Lud gets a pass from Fragapane. He's deep in the box here. Um, this is a very tough angle shot. That's one thing that like, it's a great goal. It it, it looks good, but it's also a really tough goal, like a really tough angle, and he's able to sort of flick it. With the left, not really a full-on shot. He's just able to kind of lift it. It's a spinning shot up and over Houston keeper Michael Nelson. And all of a sudden, 55 seconds in, which is the fastest goal in Minnesota United history. You have the loons up 1-0. And you're sort of off to the races from there. Uh, Ninth minute, Fafa Pico, who had a great game for Houston. Uh, He takes the ball close to the end line uh, in the box. Tries to make something happen, but Bakaya Debasi is there to shut it down with a really nice defensive effort. This is something that kind of got lost in the fact that Tyler Miller had a great game. You would, it, it, the logic sort of dictates that, all right, if, if Tyler Miller had to make six or seven saves, there was a lot of defensive breakdowns. 
that wasn't necessarily the case tonight. It wasn't a bad defensive performance, I would think, by any means. There weren't a lot of breakdowns. There weren't a lot of, uh, you know, missed assignments, leaving guys wide open. It was really a good job in the attack from Houston to create these chances, to be honest. Um, but a really good defensive play here in the ninth minute from Dubasi. Uh, in the 12th, Robin Ludd feeling himself almost kind of a heat check uh, from Ludd. He gets the ball on his left foot. Now, this is a this, I mean, you you take this shot nine times out of ten, but to try the tighter angle in the near post, that's kind of how you know you're you sort of got the swagger going and you got the flow going, like, okay, everybody expects me to go far post here. Even the keeper's probably gonna expect me to go far post here. So I'm gonna try to sneak it in the near post, and he nearly does. It it just misses the post and goes off the side netting. Um, so you know, obviously Lud absolutely locked in at this point. Uh, 17th minute, Ethan Finley gets on the board. I love to see Ethan Finley get on the board. A uh, bit of chaos in the box. Ball ends up at the feet of Finley. He doesn't get all of it. Honestly, if there was an MLS award for ugly goal of the year, this would be a nominee for sure because it was not the prettiest goal I've ever seen. Uh, not not a not a clean strike from Finley by any means. Deflects off a Houston defender and also deflects off the keeper. Uh, but it ends up going over the end line. Houston attempted to clear it before it could get over the end line, but it, or excuse me, over the goal line, not the end line. Uh, goes over the goal line. Uh, the whole ball gets over the goal line. No goal line technology needed. It was pretty obvious that it made it. So 2 0, Minnesota, even though it was ugly, a goal is a goal is a goal. Uh, 20th minute, Pico again making a run, but Metonair is the one making the play this time to turn possession back over to the loons 26th, just an incredible effort from Ethan Finley from the goals and the Tyler Miller saves. This to me is the, the play in this match that is etched in my brain more than anything. Ethan Finley tracking back on a dead sprint and it's damn good. He did because he heads away a ball that was heading directly for an unmarked Darren Quintero in the box. Like there was a pass across the box without this effort from Finley. It goes right to Quintero. We know what happens when Darren Quintero is unmarked in the box with the ball, right? It goes in the back of the net. Even though he's what, 34? He's older now. He still, he still has that quality in him. So just an amazing defensive effort to head that ball away on a dead sprint back. Um, just, I love that play. That, that, that to me was the, the play of the night. Um, 35th minute, Lud and Finley working again on a nice chance for the Loons. Uh, Lud sends a really nice pass for Finley. Finley tries to lift the shot, but he can't beat Nelson this time. Nelson was ready for it. Uh, 36th minute, nearly an own goal for Minnesota. This would have been uh, a really bad momentum shift. Uh, Boxall attempts the deflection. I mean, he, he, he has to deflect the ball, um, and he nearly chips his own keeper. Uh, luckily though, Miller is able to, uh, kind of jump up, get a finger on it and lift it over the bar. Nearly an own goal. Very scary. Uncharacteristic from box all at all. I don't really think it was his fault per se. I don't think he did anything wrong. Just attempting to make a deflection and it almost ends up in the back of the net. Just a really un, uh, unlucky carom there off the foot, uh, or off the head. I can't remember if it was the foot or the head, to be honest. Uh, 45 plus one scary moment. As Reynoso catches an elbow to the back of the head from Grin Dorsey. For some reason, Dorsey does not get a card for this. Ray is able to continue, luckily, 
And that is how we head into half. Um, really good first half, obviously, for the Loons to go up 2-0. Houston showed some quality as well. So didn't you didn't go into the second half thinking, okay, Minnesota's going to coast to a win. Houston showed that they were up to the task and they were making creating some chances and that Minnesota would have to see this through and it was not going to be easy. And they did not make it easy in the second half. 52nd minute, Reynoso finds Trap just outside the top of the box. Trap just given a lot of space and time to line up and fire one on goal, but it doesn't really challenge Nelson. Jumps up, makes the catch. Uh, and keeps uh, keeps Houston in striking distance. 60th minute, Houston nearly gets on the board as a corner kick finds the head of uh, of a Houston player um, from point blank range, but it's just over the bar. Uh, 61st minute, 61st, 61st minute, um, Minnesota makes a sub. Hayes on for Reynoso, and here's kind of what we talked about earlier. Uh, Reynoso had grabbed his hamstring a couple times, had the aforementioned elbow to the back of the head, uh, so. I don't mind at all the move to bring him off from Adrian Heath at this point, but Ray's very unhappy with the decision. He is hot on the sideline, um, not wanting to come off. He has some words with Heath uh, before heading to the bench. And that is how we end the, or that's how we end that. Uh, 81st minute. Great save from Miller on a point blank opportunity for Houston right in front of goal. He gets big to cut off the angle and make the stop. Uh, my two-year-old daughter is very, very happy about that as well. Um, that sort of just really underlined the night that Tyler Miller had for Minnesota. Um, that save in the 81st was really the one where you're like, wow, okay, Miller's on fire. He's locked in. We're not, this is, we're good. <laughs> that was kind of like the we're good moment uh, when Miller made that save. Uh, 82nd, who knew on for Fragapane, 83rd, Coleman replaces Debassi, and 90th minute, Miller shuts the dynamo down once again with a great save. And that is how we end it, folks. Not a lot of stoppage time in this one, not a lot of stoppages in this one, a relatively quick match. 2-0. Minnesota United win. We are off to the races in the Western Conference playoff race. Two shows ago, after the SKC match, I said I wasn't thinking about the four spot because Minnesota was on the outside looking in in general. I was like, just make the playoffs and stay healthy. Now, I'm still just make the playoffs and stay healthy, but also you're one point back in the four spot. Now, again, LA and Portland, who you're one point back of, Portland plays tonight, LA plays tomorrow. So you will have that game in hand. So if either of them drop points, that is really, really good for Minnesota. Uh, So that four spot is in striking distance. Allianz Field has been an absolute horror story for opposing teams this season. Minnesota United has been incredible at Allianz. So to get a home playoff match would be absolutely huge for Minnesota. But for me, my main priority as a Minnesota United fan is to just see this team get into the playoffs and be healthy once you're in. I don't want to see Reynoso hurt. I don't want to see Lud hurt. I don't want to see Finley hurt. I don't want to see Fragapane hurt. I don't want to see anybody on the back line hurt. I don't want to see Tyler Miller hurt. 
I want to see everybody at full strength and just in. If you're at full strength and you get the seven seed, I'm good with that. So that's still where I'm at. Although it is tough not to think about that four seed, that home playoff spot, because it is in striking distance. The top three, not so much. That four spot, though, it's right there for the taking. On tap at DC United. This is going to be fun because this is not something we get a lot this season. Um, interconference matchups. I'll, you know, because of COVID, they scheduled a lot of of in, of uh, in conference matchups. Um, you know, obviously, we've seen Minnesota United play a vast, vast majority of their games within the Western Conference. So to play an Eastern Conference team to go out to DC, Audi Field, and play DC United is a pretty cool. It'll be a pretty cool thing for Minnesota United to or to see Minnesota United do, and against a team that if they could get if they could come away from Audi Field with a point, I'd be happy about that for sure. Um, and then home against FC Dallas on October second, one week from today. And FC Dallas, Luchi Gonzalez just got fired. This is a team that's ripe for the picking as well. This should be a four point week. If you're Minnesota, at least one in DC, three against Dallas. If you want that four spot and you want to sort of solidify that playoff positioning, it's, I think you got to get four points out of this week. Uh, I'll stick around for a couple more minutes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the stream. Really, really appreciate it. Um, if you have any questions or comments, takeaways on the match, feel free to drop those in the chat before we get out of here. Again, looks like you have to do that over on YouTube. Um, so if you're not, if you're watching on Twitter, um, and you're un- either unable to leave a comment or you're leaving a comment and I'm just not seeing it, uh, head over to YouTube, uh, and leave a comment there. If you want your comment read on the air, um, big win for the loons tonight, two nil, uh, forward Madison, another draw, of course, another draw for forward Madison. I believe it's sort of like 11th or 12th draw in the season. One, one against Greenville, um, 79th minute, they gave up the equalizer. Jake Keegan, though, with a really nice goal for the Mingos early on in the match. I retweeted the video up on my Twitter, at Jeremy G. Rushing on Twitter. You can see it kind of in the in the overlay here. So if you want to watch that, just a really nice build-up play from the Mingos for Jake Keegan's goal, but they do draw Greenville tonight 1-1. Um, Rob Chappell and I will be breaking that down Tuesday on our Talking Flock podcast. So... Definitely check that out um, if you are interested in Forward Madison. Talking Flock every Tuesday. Just look it up on your uh, on your preferred podcast platform. Also look up 10,000 Pitches on your preferred podcast platform. That's where Post Loons lives uh, in podcast form, but that's also where our weekly 10,000 Pitches podcast drops. Um, this past week we had on uh, Stimulus Athletic Owner and uh, Minnesota United and Minnesota Stars alum jason mora on the show to talk about his career growing up in brazil starting a sports apparel company right here in minnesota um really really cool conversation and then next week we'll be chatting with minneapolis city co-founder dan hudeman uh about um minneapolis city's move to usl league two that's pretty cool so um go check that out look up Ten Thousand pitches wherever you get your podcast subscribe also uh look up talking flock and subscribe to that if uh, if that is your preferred uh, pod, or if you want to listen to either of those podcasts, uh, Dave Valensky says, "How good is is DC United? 
And Mr. Jelly with the response, sixth in the East. Yes. So they are in playoff positioning in the East. Um, it'll be a, a good measuring stick matchup for Minnesota. But again, I'd be happy if they come away there with the point. All right, guys. That'll do it for Post Loons tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, really happy to break down a big Minnesota United win 2-0 over Houston Dynamo. Good vibes. Good, good stuff all the way around. Um, really do appreciate all the support, all the comments, questions, likes, views, you know, retweets, you know, all that stuff. It, it's huge. Um, thank you guys so much. Um, I will be gone on Wednesday. So we will try to get a couple of people in to do post loons in my absence. So be on the lookout for that. I will be back next Saturday for post loons. So hopefully we can get one to you on Wednesday following the DC United match. Um, but I will be back next Saturday following the home match against FC Dallas. Till then, have a great week, guys. Go loons. See you later.